Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, guys. It's Rach. Welcome to an all-new episode of Start Today on RHP. For today's episode, I want to change up the format just a little bit by bringing in an episode from our Ask Rach series. Now, hopefully you are super familiar with Ask Rach, which is when audience members of the show call in and leave me a voicemail and then I answer questions. I do it about once a week on the Rachel Hollis podcast and I hope you've gotten to listen in. But when I went in to do a new episode of Ask Rach, I found that there was an overwhelming number of questions about business. And the Start Today community feels like the audience that is building, growing, working on their side hustle, working on their small business, working on taking their revenue streams to the next level. So I really wanted to dedicate this Ask Rach episode to y'all. And to remind you that if you have a question, if you're trying to do something, achieve something, you want advice or guidance, call into the hotline and ask away. The number is 737-400-4626. Let's take a deep dive into all things business related. Hopefully you'll get something great out of today's conversation. And if you love this, If you find a nugget that you think is super helpful, would you please consider sharing this with an entrepreneur that you know so we can be as supportive as possible to this community of dreamers and doers? Hi, it's Rachel Hollis, and this is the Start Today podcast. The Start Today community are people from every walk of life all around the world, but we all have one important thing in common. We're all trying to become a better version of ourselves. This is a community of dreamers and doers. This is a cohort of learners and leaders. This is a space where we celebrate trying again, learning from failure, and rooting each other on. We believe that when you start each day with gratitude and intention, you can produce incredible results. This is Start Today 
on the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis Podcast and a new edition in our Ask Rach series. If you are unfamiliar with Ask Rach, it is a hotline that we've had for about four years, and people call in from all over the world and ask me questions about just about everything, uh, business and relationships and parenting and friendships and trauma and boundaries and basically anything they can think of. And if you're like, oh, I didn't know, Rachel, that you were an expert, that we, I'm not, I'm, I'm absolutely not an expert in anything, but I am your friend and I got some ideas and I've spent a lot of years reading everything I can, doing all the therapy, learning all the things. So the intention behind Ask Rach is not that I know best, but just that maybe I give you some different perspectives that you haven't considered yet. And for today's episode, we are going to focus exclusively on business, careers, build entrepreneurs, you're building a thing, you're building a brand. Because when I went into our Ask Rach doc, there is just a flood of business questions. I'm assuming it's because we're at the start of a year and all entrepreneurs like to get fired up and lay out goals and get excited. So I thought we'd dedicate an episode of the show today to that conversation. That's what we're going to dive into. Before I start playing the voicemails for all of us to listen to, I would love to just remind you guys that you can call into the hotline and leave me a voicemail and ask about anything. The number is 737-400-4626. 737-400-4626. Call and leave me a message. Ask me all the things. But today, we're going to talk about business. If you guys listen to this show, you know that sometimes I do Ask Rach episodes where you and I listen to them together, like I am answering cold. For today, because they were business, I wanted to make sure I picked three that kind of works really well with each other. So I'll tell you that I have already listened to these and I'm pumped that I did because I actually got us some accessories for today's episode, which you'll understand in just a minute. So let's listen to this one first because it's about how to make money and how to keep money and how to bring more money home. And if you are an entrepreneur or you have a side hustle, this is all we are ever trying to figure out is how do we better take care of ourselves and our families with this business that we love. So let's listen to her question. Hi, Rachel. My name is Sammy. I'm calling from Rhode Island. I have a question for you that I feel like no one wants to answer when they talk about entrepreneurs or owning your own business is how to decide how much to pay yourself once the business starts making enough money that it is sustainable and you can pay yourself but also how to decide when to increase your pay. I've been running a vegetable farm for eight years now. Uh, first four years, we didn't pay ourselves. I'm paying myself a very low weekly wage now. We have some other team members that we have on the books and have on payroll. But I'm feeling like I'm disengaging from my business because no matter how much more I put into it, I'm not paying myself anymore even to the point where I've started to look at other streams of revenue because I'm feeling like I'll never make the amount of money that I want to make within my own business. So I'm really curious to if there's any specific formulas with this to increase how much I'm paying myself based off of a percentage without 
dipping into my business in a way that would hurt it. Uh, thanks so much for your help. Thanks so much for everything you share. You've changed the way that I view this world and the way I show up in it more than you'll ever know. Thank you. Sammy, what a nice thing to say. Thank you. And I'm really glad that you asked this question because you're right. It's one of those things that people don't talk about. And if people talk about it, they're maybe not within our own industry. So we're not really sure what one person's take-home salary has to do with us. I love that you have a vegetable farm. That's so rad. And I have ideas, but more specifically, remember I said I would have accessories for this episode. I went into the house and I got this book for you, Sammy, slash every single person who is listening to this or watching it on YouTube. Have you read Profit First? Profit First by Mike, Michael Wicks, Michael Wicks. I apologize that I don't know how to say Mike's last name, but profit first. It is so freaking important because here is something they never tell you when you decide that you're going to start a small business or when you want to be an entrepreneur. Your business will eat every single dollar that you leave inside the business. Let me say it again. Your business will eat every single dollar. Your business is like an insatiable monster that will just take every ounce of energy, resources, money, like it will absorb it all. It is the craziest thing. I do not know why this happens, but having been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years and been inside of multiple different kinds of businesses, this is always, always true. Now, Certainly, if you all of a sudden this year made $100 million, it might be hard for your vegetable farm to eat that. But I have always found that the business can very quickly catch up to any new level of revenue that you make, right? Because you get to a new level and you're like, oh, well, now we can finally afford a marketing team. Now we can finally afford this. Now we can do this. And you keep thinking, oh, I can finally invest in the business in the way that I want to. The problem with that is that every single time you invest in the business, you eliminate your access to removing cash from the business as its owner. Profit First is a really, really practical approach to you doing exactly what the title says, which is to remove the profit from your business before you do anything else, before you do payroll, before you pay your taxes, before you do anything that you ensure that you are bringing money home. Because otherwise, you make the mistake that so many entrepreneurs make, including myself in the past, which is you have a business, but you don't really. You actually just have a super low paying job that you work twice as hard as if you worked for someone else, right? Entrepreneurs, we pour our blood, sweat, and tears into the project, and we are betting on the fact that at some point, that business is gonna pay us back, right? That business is gonna start to provide for us and our family in a different way. But if you are not conscious of how that money flows and how that money goes, you will keep pouring all of your energy into a business 
that's not actually repaying you back in any way. And you said it too, right? Like you're already starting to consider and think about other things. Number one, you're obviously going to get this book. You're going to listen to it on Audible. He explains it so well. He makes it super simple. And I've found over the years that most accountants, most small business accountants, because I've had accountants who were on my payroll, like a part of my team. And I've also had accountants who I were freelancers who worked for me. That's what I do today. I have an accounting firm that manages my finance. But I have found across the board, every accountant I've ever had, if I say, I want to go for a profit first method, they know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a pretty common vernacular when it comes to accounting. So Get this book. That's step number one, because I think it'll really fire you up about what is possible. And I know when I first heard a friend of mine who was an entrepreneur, she told me about this, I mean, five years ago, six years ago. I remember her saying it, and I remember thinking that's not possible. There's no way that I could remove profit from a business that never seems to have any profit. But I just read the book. Like, there's a lot of information in there in terms of if you don't account for that excess as profit, then you account for it as different things. That being said, I've always been really conservative when it comes to money. And I have, if you guys know my story, you know very small company and team, all of a sudden very massive company and team where I had a bunch of different executives who were essentially running my company while I was writing books and speaking on 55 stages in a single year and doing conferences like I was the face of all of the things and doing all of the things and then this team of executives were running the business and the reason profit first is such an important concept is it doesn't matter how much money your business is making if you are not conscious of wanting to be clear on this is our intention, our intention is to make money for our family, and we're going to take this off the top. If you're not conscious of that, uh, a CFO told me once, big profits hide big expenses. Big profits hide big expenses. Because the more money you make, it just, oh, now we're doing this, now we're doing this. The more people on your team, then those people start spending money, right? So they're like, oh, I just want this software. I just want this thing. It is so bananas how easy it is for a business to spend all of your money. And I, now on the flip side of that, I went from 60 employees to I'm taking my business back over. Unfortunately, we had to do just massive downsizing on the other side of COVID because we weren't able to do our live events anymore. But even when I had the option to operate at a higher level, I still took that team down to something so small. You know, I, we are a small but mighty team. I say this all the time. And for a couple of years, it was just me and Jack. It literally, like that was the team. It was just me and Jack. And we leaned into like, 10 different freelancers. Like I use freelancers and agencies for almost everything I do. It's a really big deal if I decide to actually get an employee because I find that I have so much more clarity and I'm. it's so much easier for me in terms of like you agree to do this exact thing if it's a freelancer or if it's an agency. It might be a little bit more expensive on the monthly, but I know exactly what I'm getting for 
that investment of time and money. And it helps me because it's me and I am visual and I need to see things like I know exactly what it costs to run, let's say, the podcast every month because I am using so many freelancers and I'm like, okay, this is what it costs to do this exact thing. This is how much the podcast brings in every month. This is what it costs for us to produce it. That difference, that margin, that's where our profit lies. So then I get to make a decision as the owner of the business. I get to say, do I want to pull that profit in to my own personal account? Do I want to reinvest that in the business? Do I want to allow it to sit for a minute? Because maybe, you know, in Q2, we're going to hire a new person. But the essential thing is that I know every single month what the margin is on every single piece of my business. That's what this concept of profit first helped me to realize because for me, I don't have to take the profit into my personal bank account. I can hold it, but I'm holding it in a, a bucket marked profit. Does that make sense? I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. 
If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas, the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Your accountant is going to be able to give you a better understanding of how to do this. But for me personally, that bucket, let's say it's a bank account, guys, you're like, Rachel, use real words, the bank account, where my company profit sits, to be totally honest with you has a lot of money in it, a lot. And it's sitting there because I haven't changed my personal salary in three years. And you probably would die if you knew what my salary is compared to how successful the business is. But I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do with that money yet. I didn't know if I wanted to hire new people. I didn't know if I wanted to pull it into my own account. I didn't know. And I love this quote by Oprah that says, when you're not sure what to do, do nothing. So for me, I just allow that bank account to hold the company profit, and I will make a decision, right? And I will make a decision with the guidance of my CFO and my accountant, and we will decide probably what we've done in the past is to keep, I don't know if I'm getting too in the weeds too, for you guys, but just bear with me, is to keep my salary the same. But when I took my business back over in 2020, and it was in a state of, <laughs> hmm, it was in a state. I didn't take a salary for a hot minute. I didn't take a salary because I everything, I don't know if any of you have ever been in those situations where you're like, every single penny inside of this company needs to help this company live, right? And when I finally got through that piece of, you know, managing all the things, I brought my salary back, which is still a very small salary based on what the company does. And I remember when I reinstated my salary that my accountant at the time was like, we shouldn't do this. Like, if you don't need this money, we shouldn't do this. We should keep it in the business. And, and I was like, no. I have done this for enough time. I can see how much money is coming in. Frankly, let's get real, Sammy, because you said that people don't want to really talk about this. Frankly, it would be better to me as a business owner to take on another part of the business. Like, okay, I'll do my own marketing. I'll do my own social media. I'll do my own stuff and have to let go of an agency or a freelancer or even an employee who's doing that so that I can make sure that I'm bringing home a salary that is worth this effort. 
Like how many of y'all right now are like, I am working my tail off. I am busting my butt. I am trying so hard and I'm, you know, brought home $10,000 last year. Or maybe you didn't bring home anything last year. You actually don't know if you have a viable business. That's the second piece of this. I started with the good news. Profit first. Figure it out. Set up your accounting so that you're bringing in money. But you might not have a viable business. And the easiest way to know if you have a viable business is do you have margin? Do you have margin? I'm making this up because obviously I don't know the accounting practices of a vegetable farm. But if you sell a box of vegetables for $100, I know, just easy math, guys. I know I don't know what I'm talking about. If you sell a box of vegetables for $100 and it costs you $20, there's no way, but it costs you $20 for the seeds to grow it, the time, the planting, the team, the shipping, like every single part, your cogs, your cost of goods sold are 20 bucks. You have a fantastic margin. If your cost of goods sold are $50, you still, you've got a IMU. You're marking up your product at least by half, okay? Fantastic. Best case scenario, in case you're wondering, anybody's wondering, is 4X. 4X your cog, right? Whatever it costs you to make this product all in. This is where younger, and I mean younger in the business, not younger in age, entrepreneurs get it wrong, is they don't account for every single penny that went into making the thing. They're like, I don't understand. I'm working for free and it only costs this much for the seed and it only costs this much for, but then you're not accounting like the water, the soil, the box, the shipping, the, the like every single part of your business, you gotta know what it costs. Because if you don't know what it costs, you have no idea what your margin is. And if you don't have a margin, you don't have a business. That's the other piece of this that's a little hard to swallow is, do you have any profit in the business? Is this an accounting issue where you just need to say, hey, I'm gonna make some more. I'm gonna make a legit salary. And if this business cannot support my salary, then I don't wanna do this job anymore. Or are you like, no, we can't take a salary because there's no margin because we're not making any money? Because here's the deal. Here's the freaking fantastic, amazing news. If you have margin in the business, you got a business. If you have margin in the business, then it's about marketing. Then you and I are having a completely different conversation. Then it's about how do we bring in more revenue? How do we get more customers? How do we increase the value of each independent customer? Like, There's a lot of fun stuff we can play with when it comes to marketing. But if you don't have a margin, if you don't have profit within each individual item sold, then there is no business there. And if there is no business there, that's why you can't bring home more money. So I went off on like 27 tangents and I hope that that tracked, I hope it made sense. But high level notes here, one, read profit first. So I've kept the same salary for a very long time and then when my profit bank account gets pretty big, I take a lump sum off the top. That allows me to keep money in the business that I can use for investing in different things, but that bank account is not part of my regular working 
accounting. Like it is not part of the monthly flow. That money does not go to pay a freelancer. It doesn't go to hire someone. It sits in an account. It is its own little profit bank account. That's how I do it. But talk to your accountant focusing on how do we bring more home? And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs have this fear that if we take money out of the business, oh my gosh, what will happen if we need to make payroll? What will happen? You don't want to take so much out of the business that you shoot yourself in the foot, like that you then have to reinvest it later. When I say that I've got a bank account of profit, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. But at the same time, I have a company that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's there's equality there. For you, I don't know what your accounting looks like. Maybe your bank account is like, hey, we're going to let $20,000 sit in this. We're going to do three months of operating costs, sit inside of this account. And then anything above and beyond that, we're going to pull into our bank account. So just some thoughts for you. But it's also worth asking, where are you at in terms of how viable is the business? To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, that was our first question. Let's listen to the next one in the lineup. Hi, Rachel. My name is Jenna, and I just have a couple questions for you as a wanting to be a mom and also a business owner. So I am an entrepreneur. I do personal lessons um, in, in person at a building, and then I also am trying to build an online community. And this is my question. 
I have had my business for six years. It has been very successful, but now I'm thinking I kind of want a baby. So does my husband, and we're really on the same page with that, but I'm so scared. I don't have maternity leave. How do I, how do I make that happen? You know, do I up my prices just because I'm about to have a baby or do I force my clients to go online? I don't know what to do. Could you please help guide me in the right direction? I really want to make this pregnancy happen, but I'm afraid to push because I am afraid to lose my business. And ultimately, it's all on me. I would really appreciate to hear from you. I've been following you for years, and thank you for everything you've done for me. As always, I love you, and I'm also rooting for you, too. Bye, Rach. Jenna, obviously, I love this question because I'm a mama. I'm a mama of four, and let me just give you this piece. Let me welcome you into this community of this knowledge. I have only been an entrepreneur with kids, right? I have never experienced having children while being a stay-at-home mom or working for someone else. So my advice is coming to you as a solid entrepreneur who decided to have babies along the way. And you're like, well, why does that matter? Because here's the flip. My children have only known a working entrepreneurial mother. They don't know any other world. They think it is so normal for anybody to start a business. They think it is so normal for me to make up my own schedule. They think it's so normal for me to like be here when they come home. I'm here when they leave for school. I take them to doctors, but like I also might have to go to London for an event. Like they, it's so normalized to them. I tell you that because I feel like what you need right now most is the reminder that you create your life. You create your reality. You decide what you want it to be and you make it that thing. You said some ideas like, oh, do I go online? Do I, you know, do, do I charge more? Do I do? You get to decide, Jenna. It's totally up to you. But the first flip in this way of thinking is to pay attention to the words that you're using when you talk about the ideas you have to pull this off. So you said, do I force my clients to go online? Do I need to raise my rates or just because I want to have a baby? No. Whatever you decide to do, let it be with life and with energy and with intention and with heart and not apologetically, not feeling like you're doing something awful to your clients. Like, do I force them online? Flip that. Do I give them the opportunity to learn from me on their own time, on their own schedule, in the comfort of their own home? Do I create an offering for them that adds so much freaking value to their lives that we will all wonder why I ever did this in person? Like flip it, dude. This is a mad opportunity for you to change the structure of your business so that when you decide to step back into the world of in-person, which you may very well want to do, you have options 
You've got the option of the in-person moment. You've also got the option of the digital, which allows you to have an evergreen business that can literally make money for you while you sleep, which is, I mean, the goal of working mama, absolutely. I have a friend who is a podcast host, and when she was pregnant with her first baby, she figured out a way. She literally batched six months of podcast episodes. Six months. It was bananas. She figured it out. She planned it out. She was like, what do I have to do to pull this off? She worked with her assistant and they did six months of podcast episodes, which meant that they knew six months of like, here's what we're doing on email. Here's what we're doing with social. And she had her baby. And for six months, she answered calls and like occasionally did whatever, but she just was a stay-at-home mama with that baby and her business wasn't touched at all. She laid the groundwork so that she could have the life she wanted to have and be the mama that she wanted to be. In this instance, just, just ask some better questions. Don't say, how can I have a baby without losing my business? Ask, how can I thrive in my business while also thriving as a mother? What would have to be true in order for me to do the things that I want to do with both home life and work life? What is going to be really interesting is that you don't yet know how much you're going to like it. Let's be real. You know I'm always going to keep it real with you. I had seasons where I had a baby and I really, especially like I think of my second son, I had really bad postpartum. I was exhausted because I essentially had two kids under two and I was trying to run a business. I remember that sort of getting back to business being much slower. It took me a lot longer to get back on my feet. It took me time. I just didn't have what I needed to like bounce back. But then with my third son, it's my third time in. The two older boys were a lot older than him. So I just, it wasn't as stressful. I had a timeline. I had childcare. The older two were in school. Like it just was so much easier. And I remember that I bounced back a lot faster. And in that bounce back, I really craved my work. I really craved talking to other adults. I really craved a reason to put on real clothes. I craved somewhere to go that I didn't have to change a poopy diaper. And with all of my kids, my transition back to work was really slow. Like it would start with two days a week and then eventually three days a week. And then slowly, slowly I would get back to full time. But the thing is, you're not going to know how you feel until you have that baby. You could have the baby and then be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I actually want to take a full year off. Or you could have the baby and be like, I am obsessed with my baby. She is the greatest thing ever, but I also really miss work and I'm ready to get back to that lifestyle. And there is no wrong choice, but be open to what it's going to be. I really wish more people said that to parents, like just be open because you don't know. Be open to what could happen in labor and delivery. Be open to the personality of your baby. Be open to how you're going to feel about parenting. You really don't know until you're inside of it. So obviously, there are so many ways 
that you can knock this out of the park, that you can have the exact life that you want to have, but arm yourself with that truth, right? Make sure that in social media, you're seeing that reflected, that you're seeing working mothers, that you're seeing people who are actively raising children and have businesses, and they're explaining how they do the thing. Do not follow the women who are like, I'm just super organized. No, you're not. You're not organized. You have three nannies that are helping you. And I love the help. I'm so grateful for our nanny. But I'm the first person to raise my hand and say, in order to do all these things, I have to have help. I can't do this alone. I cannot work full time and do all the things I want to do without that help. Make sure that you are seeing that modeled for you, Jenna, that you're not following the sort of picture perfect. We got all of our stuff together. You're following the mamas who are like, oh, some days I got it together and, you know, some days we lose it. You know, some days we're just like trying our best. Working and being a parent. I mean, just being a parent in general is freaking hard. But doing both and trying to do both well really takes grace for yourself. So make sure that you are really feeding yourself with examples of what it looks like to do both of those things. So yeah, you can totally do it. Lots of people do. You need to believe that it's possible and start asking how. How could I pull this off? How can I thrive with this? How can I get the support I need? How could I keep these clients? How, 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 how? Because the better question is going to unlock for you something that you can't even see yet. I remember years ago when this kind of goes back to the earlier question about profit and bringing profit home from the business. I was making a lot of money in the business, but I just wasn't taking home anything. This was back when I was an event planner. And I had like four employees and a beautiful loft in downtown LA. And from the outside, everything was like so fancy and so cool. And I was getting a ton of press and it was all very impressive. But like, I just never was bringing money home. I would work so hard every year and my salary was nothing. I mean, my employees made way more money than I did. It was crazy. And I finally just couldn't handle it anymore. And I thought for like six months, I was like, I'm going to have to shut my business down. I don't I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm clearly not very good at this. I, I'm going to have to shut my business down. And I heard the thing about asking better questions. And so I was like, okay, wait, I'm asking the wrong questions here. How can I have this business but make more money? Is there anything I can do right now? And I thought, you know, am I going to have to like lay these people off or fire these employees? And then I realized that the biggest overhead I had, this is going to sound so stupid, but I got to tell you guys, I just, I didn't see it. Like we don't see what's right in front of us. The biggest overhead I had was this fancy loft in downtown LA. Like just the cost of the loft and the office and the furniture and all of it, just that cost would be a super bomb salary for me to take home if I just didn't have that. But I was so freaked out because my clients were high-end, like luxury, big brands. And I thought, if I don't have this fancy loft, will I still get this kind of client? And I finally just made the decision. I was like, I have to stop. 
I gave up the loft. I started working out of my garage. I had converted my garage and made it, I mean, like workable. In the backyard of my house, I worked in this little studio and I was so scared that I was going to lose my clientele. And as soon as I did it, I realized the most obvious thing that had never occurred to me, which was the fact that my clients were so bougie and fancy, they never actually came to my office. I went to them always. So they never actually met me at the office. Why did I have this office? And in letting it go, immediately, immediately my profit soared through the roof. Immediately. And because I didn't have this constant stress of like, oh my gosh, we got to do this, this, and this, and we got to pay the rent and do whatever, all of a sudden the business is like crushing it. That then energetically gave me what I needed to like feel confident, go after bigger clients. Like it ended up being the biggest profitable year I had ever had. And it was this one decision and asking a better question. So for Jenna or anyone else who needs to hear this right now, if you are coming up against an obstacle, what's a better question that you can ask? All right, one last one, guys. Let's see what this one says. Hi, Rachel. This is Katie. Say, I have been listening to one of your episodes over and over and over again, and, and I'm really trying to understand and the Pareto's principle. Can you explain that a little bit better, maybe more in detail? Can you explain like the kickback to your business and kind of what, what that looks like? I'm really trying to understand the concept a little bit better. And it's just so interesting. I, I just feel like there's something that I'm missing. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, Katie. Good news is that I also have an accessory for you. The book, if you can't see this, if you're not watching on YouTube, the book is called The 80-20 Principle by Richard Koch. It is like the OG. Everybody has read this. And it really explains Pareto's principle as it pertains to business. But I'm going to give you the Rach version of this. I think people get tripped out by Pareto's principle because it's the 80-20 rule. And they're like, wait, how can things exactly equate to 80% and 20%? They don't, guys. It's just documented over and over and over again in business, in effort, in sports, that 20% of your effort is what is producing 80% of your results around those numbers. 20% of the effort you put in is giving you 80% of the result. Said a different way, 80% of what is working in your business is usually the result of 20% of your time. If I look at my business right now, which is 3% Chance, our production company, which produces the podcasts, and Start Today Brand, which is my line of journals, everything that happens inside of Start Today. If I look at that as one big giant thing, or even if I look at those businesses as individual entities, I can see the amount of money that, let's say, the podcast makes, right? I know how much money the podcast makes every single month. But when you're moving so fast and when you're doing all the things and you have a routine, right? We send out an email, we do social media, we do marketing, we talk about the shows, all the stuff that we do to let you, the audience, know about 
the podcast. Most entrepreneurs will never drill down to understand what efforts are actually giving them the results. We're just like, hey, these are all the things we do. Which things drive the exact results that we're looking for? Here's a really good example. Pinterest is a fantastic marketing tool. If y'all are not familiar with Pinterest marketing, you need to get on this bandwagon, especially if you have a female audience. So I know this, and I really wanted to test and see if Pinterest marketing was a good option to drive people in to listen to the podcast, like to find new podcast listeners. And in order to pin on Pinterest, you got to pin all these sorts of things and show up and do whatever. And guess what? The Pinterest pins totally work. They totally work for clothes, for old posts on my blog, for stuff that's a little bit more lifestyle focused. And when we first started doing Pinterest marketing, I asked the team like, hey, let's let's pay attention to this. Let's see what's happening. And they're like, oh my gosh, Rachel, like this many people clicked on this pin and this one got 10,000 clicks and just like, oh, this is fantastic. Pinterest marketing is really working. If you look at the top line of that, it looks like that is helping us with our cause. But this is where the practice of trying to figure out your 20% effort, which things are giving you the results you really want, is I'm like, no, what is the data? What is the data? Guys, give me the data. Well, it turns out the Pinterest pins that are working are things like how to style a leather jacket, which is a post that I did like four years ago. Fantastic that lots of people want to see me you know, rocking a leather jacket. But if my intention is to bring new podcast listeners into my space, then that is actually not effective. Versus if I post my podcast reel onto Instagram and then put it in stories with a link, oh, well, that actually does. We can see that that drives quite a lot of people to go listen to the episode. Now, both things got energy, right? Both things were what the fans were interested in. The fans took action, but only one of those things was actually driving the result that I wanted. But if I look at all of our marketing efforts as a whole, I will never know which one works the best, right? So if I think, oh, yay, our marketing is working, we're growing the podcast by leaps and bounds, but I don't realize that Instagram is more effective for me than Pinterest is. I will keep putting energy into everything instead of going, okay, how do I increase what is working? To me, the 80-20 principle is about you figuring out which effort is driving which result. And when you know which effort is driving which result, you focus in on the effort that's working. Not every single thing you do for your business is going to be helpful to you. My open rates on email. My open rates for the email list are bananas. I'm not trying to brag, but I will. The open rate on my Sunday email is 65, 70%. That's insane. If you know email, that's an insane number. And I'm really proud of it. And if you are not on the email list, you should totally join because I think that open rate tells you how much time I put into writing something every week that will be helpful or you know, tell you my new favorite products or tell you what's going on. But the open rate on email is insane. 
There is no nothing I could do on social media that would be as effective as my email, right? So if I'm putting a ton of effort and energy and a ton of my team's time focused on creating social media posts and not doing a very good job on my email list, which is actually driving the results and actually getting the engagement that I want, I'm missing what's really working. So 80-20 is like what are the 20% of your product that is driving 80% of your sales. So I only have two products for sale and start today. I've got the ball cap and I've got the start today journal. Well, we always knew, and this will always be the case, that the journal obviously sells way more than the cap does. The ball cap, you got to be someone who wears a ball cap. You got to really be a fan of the Start Today brand. You got to want to buy a hat. There's all these things that go into it. So if I really want to expand what we're doing in the Start Today space, I'd be like, girls, how do we double down on Start Today Journal, right? Because that's what's working. I hope that that made sense, Katie. I try to give you a bunch of different options. But again, 80-20 principle by Richard Koch. This is going to have the answers that you need. But I think this trips people out because they're like, no, I have to do all the things. I have to do all of these parts of my businesses because they all make me money. Yes, but if you put energy into the ones that make you the most money, let's take it one step further. Let's put effort into the things that make you the most money and require the least amount of your time. That's when, whoo, something really magic happens. In any event, you're going to read 80-20 principle. Y'all are going to read profit first. Y'all are going to ask yourself better questions to get better answers. And let's just explode the hell out of our businesses this year, y'all. Let's just do some stuff that helps us to better take care of our babies, to better take care of ourselves, to help mom and daddy pay off the house loan, to do exactly what we need to do. Let's do that this year. I'm glad that you called in and asked questions. If you've got more questions for me, I'd love to hear them. Call into hotline. The number is 737-400-4626. I'll be back soon with more conversation. And until then, as always, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Start Today podcast is hosted and produced by Rachel Hollis. Executive produced by Jack Noble. Audio editing by Andrew Weller. It is part of the 3% Chance Network. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org.